how are you coping with quarantine in general? Well, I'm in the US right now, and the state that I am in is not as bad as other states. And I have not had to do things like wait online at a supermarket. The supermarkets have been empty. Um, we've been able to get most of what we needed. We are allowed to take walks, so I've been able to go around my neighborhood and take walks with my kids. So it has not been bad, and alcohol is on sale. <laughs> So that's okay. Yeah, because it's an issue for certain people, and I can understand because I went alcohol free for Lent. And let me tell you, come Easter Sunday, I sat there and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to break my fast. I'm actually, you know, going to continue. And then, like 10 minutes later, that was the end of that. So I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I want to get into you know, knowing a little bit about you, um, why you do what you do, how you do what you do. Um, I always have my show by asking every single person, who are you? Who is Tariba? Who is Tariba? Good question. Well, you know that's a hard question. I mean, I wear so many hats, is the long and short of it. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a businesswoman, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister. I mean, I dabble in so many things. I like to tell people I do just enough to get by. That's my usual answer to people when they ask what I do because, I mean, I make my bags, I, I, I host things, I give speeches, I give presentations, motivational speeches, I tour. I mean, I just live my life doing what makes me happy. And so far, so good. But I mean, at the end of the day, everyone knows me for my bag, right? It was the bags that opened all of these avenues for me to do all these other things that I love doing. So I am the bag lady, owner, creative director of Membed Bags, based in St. Lucia, St. Lucian brand, St. Lucian made bags and accessories. Don't mind that I'm in Virginia right now. It is a local brand. A local as in St. Lucia, a local as in Virginia. Um, and why did you decide well i was always creative i always had a creative side um i come from a long line of seamstresses i see that all the time kudos to my grandmothers and my aunts so very good seamstresses all my aunts can sew my mom everybody can sew very well on both sides of the family and i've always had that creative edge and but i've always been very academic so it was in following my academic stream that i met business women for the first time and these this is that was before entrepreneurship was this sexy topic that was before entrepreneurship was in style we're talking about like 2006 and these were really young women like early 20s and they had their own businesses they were designers jewelry designers clothing designers and for me it was like wow and I'm like i can design i can create now living in ethiopia that's where i started everything oh, oh, they had a before you get into before you get into ethiopia we're still getting a little bit of feedback so there's a there's, there's a little bit of feedback coming through when you speak so i i don't want people to miss a thing not one single thing you want to know what early collision doing in ethiopia how are you in there how are you <laughs> so before we get into it, okay, let me see. Now say something. Let me hear if we if you hello. Somebody was just saying that they were getting feedback as well. Okay. okay. This is better now? This is perfect. Okay, I'm just realizing why was the volume on my phone up? Like I don't need to hear I'm hearing you hear. That defeats the whole purpose, right? 
I know it doesn't. <laughs> no, anyways, you know, we tried it for the first time, trying to oh, so. It's okay, the cherry blossom. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so like I said, I was doing an internship in Ethiopia. Okay. Um, I studied, I'm a project manager by by profession actually in international development. So that would be um uh, projects in water and sanitation was what I was working on and you know just working with NGOs and the one project I was working on was helping business women um, become export ready so that's why I was able to meet a lot of business women who were very young and I thought it to be so inspiring so 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 inspiring and yeah yeah like I said that was before entrepreneurship was a thing I'm 38 years old now that was back in like 2000 and Six, two 2005 2006 and that was the first time that i saw like young 20 year old people with degrees being like okay i'm gonna do something for myself as opposed to i'm gonna look for this new big corporate or government job so being that i had this creative side being that i came from a long line of seamstresses like i said on both sides of my family my grandmothers and my aunts and my mom can sew very well i always had that creativity instilled inside of me my mom had a carnival band for 30 something odd years so even in the mass camp making costumes and everything i thought to myself okay these ladies are doing it let me try so started off as a little side gig um ethiopia has a massive creative industry sector and a very big leather sector and leather was not a, a, a material that i knew much about but i loved it when i got there and um of course and i love the african print so um it was not african print was not like sexy like it was is now eh? back when i was mm-hmm. doing it, let me tell you and i thought to myself well why don't i mix the two and make something nice so that's how i started it started off as a side gig then fast forward move back to san lucia continued doing it while i was working then reached a point where both my work and the company was suffering and I had to make a decision to choose one over the other. And of course I chose my business because I can always go back to work. <laughs> you, you had a small plan in Italy. How did Italy come in? Well, the thing is I was largely self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, I did meet a young guy who was a leathersmith who showed me the ropes, showed me all the merchants, where to buy the stuff. Every time I got stuck, he would show me what to do. He was actually a trained person. But when I took the plunge to quit my job in San Lucia and take this full time, I recognized that I should not really be training people to make bags the way I was making it because I knew that there were obviously things that I was probably doing incorrectly and that there were probably easier ways to do things. Then I thought, okay, let me get a bit of formal training on how to do things because um i was investing in proper machinery and stuff and i'm like okay i don't even know what machinery to buy what what was that important for you because quality is important for me right i like to my brand is known for its quality um my brand is known for its finishing um i like i want to keep it to a certain standard and i knew that i was not meeting the standards that i want you know you are you know you always your own worst critic Mm -hmm. so i just felt like okay this is nice and people are buying it. But if I'm going to start producing this on a larger scale, they need to be better. So just before I opened my atelier, I went to Italy for 10 days, I think it was. And it was a one-on-one intensive training, eight hours a day. And it was amazing. It was a dream come true. I was in a ladies atelier. It was undivided attention and it blew my mind the things that I was doing wrong. You know, when they say you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. I really did not know what I did not know. 
like things I thought I knew was like no and things that I should have been doing that I hadn't a clue I was supposed to be doing it. She's like, and it made all of a difference. And so that way I was able to train people to sew in a better way than how I was doing it. Now you know also what tools that I should invest in, what machines I should invest in, etc. Now you know bags. Why bag? Because I am not a bag person. Because yeah, yeah, my favorite bags are the littlest bags that I make. I kid you not. That's the bags that I prefer. And I know West Indian women, well, Russian women like these big honking bags that can fit their child and two dogs. I don't get it. But it start. I mean, everything you start is out of a need. So the bags that I saw in Ethiopia were not bags I liked. So I thought, let me design bags I liked. It was very easy to walk into any um, atelier in Ethiopia and get your bag customized. For one, I don't like black. That's a color you would rarely see at Membet. I like a lot of color. And Ethiopia had so many beautiful colors of leather. And I said to myself, why are you always making black and brown bags? You have this beautiful purple leather. You have this beautiful red leather. And so I said, okay, well, let me design stuff that's brightly colored. And and, and that was it. And something that was small and compact that can take the few things that I need. That is why I started bags. A lot of people always tell me to go into clothing and garments, but bags are so easy to sell because either you like it or you don't. Sure, I don't sure. have to worry about the fit. It doesn't fit right, body types. And you know what? I cannot sew clothing to save my soul, trust me. Really? No, I cannot, I cannot. I've made things for myself and I can tell you they malfit. I know how it's not feeling right on me and I could not in good faith um, make anything um, to sell. I did a prom dress for somebody once, which wasn't too bad, but that, I mean, the, it was a family friend and they asked and stuff like that. So, but otherwise, no, I don't do clothing. We do a couple of things for men. We do shorts, but that's not me. That's the supervisor in my atelier in St. Lucia and she's in charge of that aspect. I wouldn't even bother attempt to make a pair of shorts. I made a pair of pop pants for a baby this year. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little set that had the bib and the puff pants and the little bag. So I did the puff bag, but my mom had to cut it for me because I just didn't have a clue. What are some of the challenges you face um, with making bags um, or even being out of the island and having a business in the island? Well, this out of the island thing is a new phenomenon, obviously because of this um, COVID. Uh, my family is here. Um, it's, I would be going back and forth, but I figured, okay, I'm not going to, I, I mean, I really literally got out in the nick of time. I traveled the Saturday. The shutdown was the Sunday, I think. Um, so I said, okay, I, I, I need to get out of here. And we did, prior to the government shutting down stuff in St. Lucia, I had already closed my shop because I'm like, ain't nobody coming and buy bags at this time. I don't want my staff, I don't want to risk their health. One and two, I don't think it was, um, prudent to be cutting materials to be making stuff that wasn't selling and we had quite a bit of stock in the store so we had already closed um like i said i wear many hats i was doing craft videos for excellent stores that's something i also do as well that went down i filmed that and then i bounced so now i'm here not realizing that probably i will be here for a good while because you know initially the plan was i guess to come up at a certain time and then be with the kids and do markets in, in the u.s and travel to new york and go to essence fest in new orleans and then come back to san lucia for carnival because i also do costume design and i had all these wonderful ideas but you know when they say if you want to hear god laugh tell them your plans 
laughed and laughed and laughed. He laughed at the whole world, actually. He's like, look at you guys. No, none of what anybody has planned for 2020 is going to happen. So now I'm here and I'm safe and I'm healthy, thank God, because it's a very scary time. But um, it has actually worked out very good for me. I think I have very good loyal staff. What has business been like for you in St. Lucia particularly? Business in St. Lucia, okay, so when I, was, when I was sewing my bags by myself, I could not keep up with the demand. Okay, it was like ridiculous. People like had fallen out with people who at certain times could not get bags because I could not make enough. And there are people who stopped talking to me and like, can even save a little one little bag for me? That's how it was. But when I increased my output, um, it was a shock to me. Um, I guess when it's one person, it seems like a lot, but at that time I had hired three, so there were four of us working. And it was a bit of a shock to me to see, first of all, how many bags four people can make. I think I underestimated our output. And then I realized, okay, them bags not selling as much as I thought. So it was quite a bit of a struggle. Um, St. Lucia, the market is small and things go in waves. So for example, from October to about February, things are excellent because that is peak season for tourism. Um, we have Trinity Creole in October and of course you have Christmas. Um, Coming maybe like uh, January, February, I would probably have to restock the hotels that sold out over Christmas, so that's still fine. Um, back in the day, you had jazz in me that was huge, I know. right? And in the summertime, what you would get are a lot of people who are leaving St. Lucia coming to purchase gifts. But then you know already, August and September is school books, and it's a horribly dead worst time for business life. life. I am still trying to recuperate from September 2019, let me tell you. So with the removal of jazz, um things got really bad like really really when i say removal of jazz jazz as what it was before because they have some kind of something now but it does not have the pull that it used to in the previous years so that's when i got into designing carnival costumes because i needed something to fill in that gap and the carnival costumes have been going pretty well i actually joined a new band for what would have been carnival 2020 but then more on that carnival 2021 because i mean who knows what's going to happen so i don't want to say too much about that but i did design two costumes for the next carnival whenever that is so that was supposed to be something to to, to fill in the gaps who was the person who said when the mind is willing to learn you'll always succeed so teaching myself how to design you know costumes and stuff so that was good um so uh yeah so like i said another thing with carnival as much as we have a lot of people coming in, I don't think I have figured out exactly how to market my bags to these people. The people who would shop from us, um, uh, Diaspora Solutions, mm -hmm. for Carnival, they know about me a bit. Other Carnival lovers, I don't think, and especially since I'm in the heart of Castries, you find they don't really come into town. They're not gonna come to town to browse. So that's something that I need to work on to figure out how to capture that market of people coming in, if whether or not I have to set up at costume distribution or you know or stuff like that. Because these are the type of things that you have to do to remain a floating solution because the market is entirely too small. Now, one thing I learned very early because I'm a huge online shopper is that I needed e-commerce. And e-commerce is something I had from a long time from a dinky website that I actually um, designed my own self on one of them programs. It's horrible. And then I got a grant last year from um, Carib Export to get all my marketing materials, a new website, new logo, new, um, uh, they call them the, um, the business cards, lookbook and everything. And uh, you had local support. 
I had from Carib Export and they hired somebody who lived in yeah, and, and they hired, they actually hired somebody who lived in San Lucia uh, to do my website. And he ended up doing websites for four other people. It was an accelerator program. So he ended up doing the website for about four other businesswomen as well. And they were all very happy with the work that he did. So now I have a website. I've been trained on it in the nick of time because right now, um, because of the quantity of masks that I'm selling, this website is showing me, thank God I had it. Because if I did not have it, Balfini. Because I let me tell you, when I when I packed up my store, I took a picture of it empty. And let me tell you, I saw the end of Membet. I saw it because, like I said, we were still reeling from a very bad September. We were still reeling from that. And then, you know, just me in my head trying to do things differently and incorporate new kind of products. I mean, the bags are great, but they're, 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 they're complementary products that I want to do, like shoes and things for men that I need the cash for. No, but you're not going to give me no loan. So I need to sell so I can have the cash to invest, to do more things. And that I saw that like it wasn't happening. And I'm like, I cannot continue. I said to myself, give myself one more year. If I'm still handsome off like this, I finish it out. I'm going back to work because my kids are growing. You know, I need to give them support. I myself, I'm new clothes. You know what I mean? My car parts change, but now I still there driving my car, making a rackety, rackety. It's like, these things were beginning to get me. <laughs> They were really beginning to get to me. And so um, when this happened, I thought to myself, oh my God, this is how, even if this thing blows over, how many people are really going to be splurging on things? Because my, my bags prices are mid-market, right? How many okay. people are going to be splurging on these sort of luxuries at this time? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and even with the mask, I was so hesitant to make them because I saw a lot of people doing them and they were making them very stylish and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, I don't really want to exploit this. But then I figured, okay, let's be good. Buy one, give one. Let me make it affordable. Let me offer free shipping. Let me do it properly. Research a proper filter and make them well. And that has really been keeping me afloat. My staff got paid. And I'm very happy to see that because it was a whole month of no work for them. And I know a lot of people who already lost their job. And I was able to pay my staff just from the mask. And um, I hand wrote a note to every person who purchased a mask to tell them, thank you for your purchase. You really helped a small business stay afloat. You have also given back to our frontliners. And I really, I had to handwrite that because let me tell you, the day I listed them the first time was a dream come.